Across the Streams podcast, track guide, uh, Dishing on the Drive, Kip Ione coming with you solo for this Dishing on the Drive. Uh, Kane has just started uh, full fall camp for Montana State University football. He's the defensive coordinator, as you've heard on the podcast. Uh, so his days in open hours times are exceptionally limited and reserved solely for uh, my sister-in-law and my niece. So we'll try to connect with him uh, actually in person later next week when I head out to Montana. I'm going to try to sit in with Kane you know, in his staff meetings and his position breakdown group. You know, and just observe. You know, across the streams was born through him and I, a basketball coach and a football coach, not only being brothers by blood, but trying to figure out where are the similarities and the things we can steal from each other and from obviously our guests that we bring on the show in the coaching realm and the world of life. You know, all the different things that people and ideas, things that people come up with, uh, we think are important. No matter if you're famous and have fifty thousand Twitter followers or only have a couple hundred, your story is important. What you do is important, and there's lessons for everybody to be learned. So I'm excited to do that uh, with him in a couple weeks down in Bozeman, Montana. Uh, a couple other things coming up for you with Cross the Streams before we dive in today's episode, Dishing on the Drive, where I'm going to break down uh, my time at the NCAA Basketball Academy West Region in Phoenix last week. Uh, we've got Garrett Kelly from the NBA Assistant Coaches Program, uh, a friend of mine that I met in Phoenix, uh, works in the NBA office where if you retire as an NBA co- uh, player or an, a WNBA player and you decide you want to get into coaching, you're not going to do broadcasting maybe you're not doing business but you want to get into coaching Garrett is one of the people that you will work with to help develop your skills and he's going to coach you on how to become the best coach you can possibly be uh, great guests a lot of interesting stories a lot of great uh, philosophy and views on how coaches should be doing our job so we'll have him on uh, taping that episode later in August we'll have a useless full info two big episodes coming up uh, with our usual co- uh, co-host Jack Martino we got the NBA free agency fall out you know where do we stand now after a whirlwind june and july uh we'll break down all the teams and where we see the league heading as the nba's dominated the sum- dominated the summer headlines and of course coach wall will go to our usual sidebars and tangents uh laced rant on the nba and we'll also have an nfl preview episode of the useless information segment uh breaking down all the teams and obviously it'll if you haven't heard us before you'll get a lot of coaches 49ers pre- preview information a lot of my dallas cowboys preview information but as is the norm on the useful information we'll find our ways to touch points on all the teams in the league uh, with training camps being open right now uh, and, and guys getting after it preseason games will start I think at the end of this week so we'll have that later on as week uh, so a lot of content coming your way today's episode is me solo breaking down uh, what I was doing where I was at if you followed our uh, you know our Twitter or Instagram or my Twitter or Instagram you saw um, I had a, a tremendous coaching opportunity via the NCAA and Phoenix. So we're going to break that down coming up. Dishing on the drive, NCAA Basketball Academy feedback. Dishing on the drive, Kip Ion with you here. Uh, taping today, it's August 1st. 
I'm excited to be back in the office here at Willamette University, Salem, Oregon, back with the fam uh, after having spent all of last week in Phoenix, Arizona uh, as a coach at the West region of the NCAA College Basketball Academies. Uh, Hosted at Grand Canyon University, amazing campus. We'll dive into the details. I've been wanting to figure out what's the best way to explain uh, what I was at, why I was there, what the purpose of the academy was, and, you know, a lot of my takeaways from it. Fantastic experience that I hope to do again in the future, you know, as the academy keeps rolling and developing. But I think it's first off important to to establish kind of the history and the what of the NCAA College Basketball Academy. So if you remember throughout all of, I want to say the spring and the summer through the fall of this past year, a uh, huge story, FBI investigation, the DOJ going after various NCAA D1 hoops coaches, shoe companies, agents, and runners. Uh, so the NCAA College Basketball Academy is the genesis of Condoleezza Rice's commission, um, committee that was commissioned to clean up college basketball recruiting, especially at the major Division One and Division Two scholarship level. Uh, what the academy's purpose was, they knocked out a week in July uh, that used to be reserved for major, you know, the shoe company AAU circuit events. That last week in July was a huge event, uh, you know, Vegas, different spots all around the country, and the, obviously the D1 coaches are going to those events and recruiting. So the committee in investigating some of the relationships that were inappropriate between the shoe companies, the AAU circuit, the agent runners, parents parents, players, et cetera, decided, well, let's cut out those tournaments. Let's run four regional NCAA basketball academies um, with a kind of an old school approach to teaching the game from the ground up and then obviously allowing the players to play. And we'll make that the only place Division One, Division Two coaches can be during that week. They're not allowed to be at, uh, you know, say a Vegas event for an AAU tournament, which still happens. Some of those tournaments still happen, but because mo- most of their players, hopefully in the eyes of the committee, were going to be at the academies. Uh, D1 coaches were not allowed to be on the staffs of the academy. So as a Division Three head coach, myself, uh, some other people, Division Two head coaches, head high school coaches could apply. Uh, to be on the staff at these academies. So I was lucky enough to, you know, I turned my application in, tried to, you know, put all the bells and whistles on it I could, and I was selected along with 19 other guys to coach the West region for an entire week in Phoenix. So we got there on Sunday and stayed till the next Sunday. During that time, we had two different you know, quote unquote weeks. It was really one week, but you know, by the time you're done with an all day of basketball, it feels like a whole week. So I had a team of eight guys for the first three and a half, four days, and I had a team of nine new guys the second four and three and a half, four days. So I ended up coaching 10 different games over that time with my teams. Uh, you had your teams during the day. You were, you know, you had to take them through segments, uh, drill segments through team practices. You were with them, taking them to and from uh, the dorms, to and from uh, the food, you know, making sure they were behaving themselves, etc. It's a very old school setup to camp. Morning skill work all the way through, I thought was a great addition by the NCA was life skills classes. And I'll get into what the rotations look like specifically. But after the morning, you know, then you were into games. And that's when the D1 coaches, well, actually, they were open. The whole day was open to the Division One coaches to come watch. So you could watch a kid in practice. You could watch a kid in skill work. You could watch a kid, obviously, in games. Um, there was no interaction allowed, obviously, between the coaches and, you know, the kids there or the parents. But obviously, like, if you've been to these recruiting events, you'll know where the parents and family sit is on one baseline. And on the other baseline is the restricted access where you'll see all the polos 
you know, all your Division One through Division Two schools, you know, you see a Kansas, you see a UConn, you see a, you know, through the big sky, Montana State, Montana. Shout out to Danny Sprinkle, head coach at Montana State that I grew up playing against in high school, and he's the new head coach there. Um, but every every college in, you know, especially the West region, but obviously a lot of national exposure too. So these people, that was the showcase event. But I'm in charge of coaching uh, my team, trying to get as many wins as we can and get kids to play the right way. So did that for a week and have a lot of takeaways from it that I want to share with everybody um, because I know it also on Twitter you could see once our academy opened there was kind of a war of words and a war of accurate information fake facts um, false facts etc going around on Twitter especially between you know various stakeholders in the game where you know the NCA uh, obviously wants this to take off and be successful in order to you know show that they're trying to clean up recruiting and there's obviously a vested entrance on the club team side to make their tournaments get their tournaments back and reclaim that week so whatever you read on twitter you know hopefully i can give you some accurate information of what really happened phenomenal experience kudos to everybody that helped put it on and i'll, you know, I'll kind of dive into the structure of it uh, but I couldn't I couldn't be more pleased with how it worked out for myself, the kids that I got to work with. It was absolutely phenomenal. So let's dive into the overriding theme to start this, which is Phoenix is hot. I mean, when I say hot, like I've been to Costa Rica. I've lived in Montana in some drier heat. I've visited Atlanta, Georgia with our co-host David Gunn, been to NCAA events down there, and it's a, been to Louisiana, been to North Carolina where it's the humid, you know, wet heat. Phoenix is hell's heat. It was at one point 113 degrees in Phoenix. And this is at, you know, obviously no one running the event has control over the weather in Phoenix. But I am, let me flip it to a positive. I am super impressed with any human being that has spent a majority of their life in Phoenix because I was absolutely defeated by the heat by about day four. By about day four or five, my body was so confused by the how hot it was outside that I was getting goosebumps while walking. And obviously, you shouldn't be getting goosebumps unless you're cold. My body was overloaded with what do we do with how freaking hot it is. Soles on coaches' shoes melting. Um, obviously, the kids had to walk in it. Shout out to the NCA for about halfway through um, getting us all shuttles so you could get shuttle rides to and from. Because the Grand Canyon's campus is phenomenal. Super nice, uh, but very spread out, a huge campus. So going from dorms to games, games to arena, life skill sessions, uh, cafeteria, etc. You're walking. You know, you're putting, I think, every day I probably put in 8 to 10 miles walking. Uh, so obviously it's good for me, being my age, getting some workout and sweat in. But there's also some health risks involved for older chaperones that might be there. The kids are pretty dehydrated from playing. So the NCAA, major shout out to them getting shuttles to and from things by midway through the week. Um, I will say, for me, like... I. I don't even know how people do it. I really can't. There was a one of my buddies, Jeff Jensen, who you could hear on here, one of the interviews, guy from uh, Washington, D.C., uh, sent me a f fantastic meme from uh, the fa uh, Hank Hill, his family, Bobby. I can't remember the name of the show. Whereas Phoenix is a testament to man's arrogance that we're trying to live in the desert because we're not supposed to. Now, all of our facilities inside, all the gyms, all everything we got to partake in, we're all air conditioned. So don't let me spin a tale that I was really roughing it. But between walking from buildings, between getting from the gym to life skills or life skills to food, it was beyond hot. Like a whole new level of hot. So I also give the players a lot of credit. Uh, there was whining, including by the coaches, but the players going from 
busting their butts on the floor for us to then walking in the heat and then getting through that for three days. Well, you know, guys got a little adversity training there, and I, and I give them a lot of credit uh, for my guys. The guys that played for me worked their tails off. We had one game. We had three guys cramping. Uh, we were down to five players, three guys cramping at the same time. The trainers from GCU for fantastic, trying to get them rehydrated. Guys wanted to go back in the game, tried. I mean, it was just a whole cascading. I don't know how they play football or soccer in Arizona. Because they got to do it in the morning or they got to do it in the evening. Because during the day, human beings should not be outside. Um, but diving into the experience itself, you know, we the number one huge benefit of any time you're working a camp is all the other coaches you're working with. And, you know, in my age, like we've done the 40 series on here, I have obviously I've turned 40. I'm older. I don't do camps like we used to. You know, when you're a kid, you love going to camps. You love being around people. Uh, it's kind of like your own cocoon. The world kind of fades away, and you're at camp with these people. And for us, 20 coaches that work, the numerous interns and managers from the NCAA, and there was also players and managers from other schools that applied to work, you know, just putting the thing on was so impressive, and you build relationships throughout it. You know, I don't want to, you know, forget somebody's name on here, but you know, a couple of people that really were helpful for me. Uh, player from McAllister, uh, called D3 school in Minnesota, play in hoops, took an internship to work and help run the NCAA academies. Gabriel Ramos, uh, Gabby, phenomenal kid. One of the interns helped in running. The, I mean, he's a 19, 20-year-old kid in charge of 20 head coaches, structuring you know 300 players per session, all the D1 coaches coming in that obviously have high demands. So for him and all the other interns and managers, um, Jet from Washington State, you know, different names. I apologize to people that I don't mention. Uh, Brad Taylor, Trevor Fox, guys that really work their butts off coordinating this thing. I mean, this was so, uh, this was so well done. The NCAA got everybody in, paid for your flights in and out got parents meal per diems during the day they could spend every break at night after the sessions there was a different full snack in the lobby uh you know huge coolers full of water body armor gatorades for guys to try to stay hydrated chocolate milks post game um you know we had pb and j sandwiches you could get at 9 30 at night just in the lobby grab them and go you know and just they did laundry uh every every night for the players because you're sweating through everything laundry for the coaches dropped it off at your door um and sure there were hiccups in some of that but to coordinate all that you know for one the first time ever of something was absolutely phenomenal shout out to all those people all the work that went into it and for once for me too you know interesting you know different situation i wasn't in charge of the camp you know being a head coach going into my 11th year usually i'm the run and the one in charge of all those logistics of camp so it was really nice to only have to worry about my players and only have to worry about you know the team i had and let other people do you know the the micromanaging and the big grand scheme planning and i think that was probably a benefit for all 20 of us coaches that were there and also probably part of the issue like you can imagine 20 head coaches used to being in charge and now you as an intern or you as an NCA official you have to get us all on the same page and all of us are very strong-minded and opinionated so court I give them a ton of credit for throughout the week they're getting suggestion after suggestion from us it's like a virtual suggestion box we're not putting in cards we're walking up to you we found Trevor we found Brad we found coach Lavin Coach Allen rushing, whoever we could find, we're going to suggest something. That's just how we are. Uh, and I give them a lot of credit for pivoting and adjusting and, you know, sometimes telling us no, but also, you know, using our ideas. And as the weeks, as the week ex uh, kept going, 
the camp improved, the academy improved, and they were listening to feedback and weren't afraid to make some changes on the fly. Uh, so I, like I said, I couldn't be more thankful for that experience and the work those people did, you know, making my life pretty easy. And all I got to do is show up and coach kids. Um, next thing I want to make sure I, I talk about is all, you know, the head coaches I got to meet and work with. Um, we were smart enough uh, to find out in our nice Grand Canyon Ironwood Hall dorm room, there's meeting space on every floor. So for the 20 of us, the last couple nights, two, three nights worth of just chalk talks, you know, till midnight, till 1 a.m., all of us in there, we have a whiteboard, we have our computers, and just the sheer knowledge sharing and question asking by all of us that, you know, I brought back a notebook full of ideas that I would have never been exposed to having not gone down there and worked. And I want to give a big shout out to one of my rivals in conference play, Pacific Lutheran's head coach, Chad Murray. You know, he and I compete twice a year uh, on the court. We compete all year for recruits, but him and I work together all week, you know, and it's fun to build authentic relationships with coaches, even though we're both going to try to kick each other's ass when we play in January and February, but getting to know him, what makes him tick, the way he runs his program, I have a ton of respect for. Um, and hopefully, you know, the same as, you know, on his side, getting to know why we do what we do. Just a lot of fun. You know, another unique aspect, I got to work with one of my former players. It's now a head high school coach, Cameron Mitchell, Clackamas High School. Going to have a great team this year in the state of Oregon, 6A level. But he worked the camp. So for a week, Cam and I reconnected. You know, obviously, through alumni relations and different things, we've always stayed stayed talking to each other. We got to work together again, sweat together again, you know, complain together again, and also, like, get through things together again, which was such a cool experience. Experience. You know, him and I, uh, Coach Clint from uh, Academy of Arts, assistant coach, we went and did an Orange Theory. David Gunn listening to us so like that. We found a way to get out. We had a space and coaches break. We went and did an Orange Theory together. Just that, you know, all of us are here. All of us are sweating. All of us got good team, bad team, good game, lost game. Um, just that camaraderie. Met a bunch of coaches I've never spoken to before. Coach Paul Rush, Northwest Nazarene. Coach Mike DeGrom, Colorado Mesa. High school coaches, Ron Meyer, Doug Meyer. And if I forgot somebody, Coach Mike Wolf at Westview here in Portland. If I forgot your name, please forgive me. It's not because I didn't have a ton of respect for it. We, I just met and got to talk to so many great coaches and steal as they're on the whiteboard. You know, I'm just asking questions. You know, one day I think I talked too damn much myself, maybe gave away too many Bearcat secrets. Uh, but the next night I wanted to just be the Riddler and just get guys talking about what they do, why they do what they do, uh, and really pick their brains on, you know, stuff, everything from, you know, how we guard ball screen to what's my co- I think Coach Murray asked a fantastic question. What's the most unique thing your program does that nobody else would think of? And guys being willing to share and none of us thinking we invented the game. Um, that was a really cool experience. Like I said, there's lots for the Bearcats to steal from. And if, you know, we run something smart this year, most likely I stole it from a coach at the academy. Um, next thing I want to talk about the players. You know, for me going down there, having been a D3 coach, uh, my entire career, you know, it was, you know, there's a part of you that's like, man, can I do this? Can I coach high talented kids with D1 offers, you know, that aren't mine? You know, they, I'm not, you know, they're the king of their program. I'm there to help them get seen more. Can I do this? And I give a ton of credit to my team. I won't name all the kids off, but I had 17 guys that bought in. I had 17 kids that from mid-major offers, Power 5 offers, through D2 offers that that listened, um, were communicated, busted their tails. Uh, both of my teams ended up being really close. You know, we had a text group the first night. We're sharing memes. We're sharing GIFs. They're still doing it now, you know, five days after camp is over. So I give a shout-out to those parents and those players for it would be a very easy environment to be exceptionally selfish in. 
um, you know, you're here to get your um, you're here to get your name on somebody's list or you're here to get another offer from that coach over there. So why wouldn't I just sit and hoist and shoot 27 times? I didn't have that problem. You know, I had kids that bought it. We had one of my first team. We had a seven foot five player and then we had all guys listed as wings or point guards. And not one of them complained when a rotation happened. They had to play four. Not one of them complained when they had to play off the ball when in their high school and their club team they dominate the ball because they're freaking good with it. Uh, I didn't have any issues. I had kids from my team from North Dakota through California and every state in between um, and kids getting to know each other, kids getting playing and buying into all the things that not only I believe in but also that uh, the NCAA was trying to teach to them that week. Sure, we had moments where we didn't play well. Sure, we had moments where we turned the damn ball over too much. Um, but those kids, I gave them the first night, both teams, I said, hey, I'm not here um, to dog cuss you guys. You guys give me two things that you think I should be able to hold you accountable for this week, and I'll try to coach the rest. Both teams said, coach, we shouldn't be late to anything, and that was their idea. So if anybody was late, you know, I could get on them. And they also said, coach, in the game, if we don't give defensive effort, you should jump us. All I mean, that's that's really um, that's really self accountability at work, um, and kids being willing to let this random Samoan coach with a last name with all these vowels in it that they've never heard of tell them what it is that allow me to coach them hard uh, was great. You know, and I got you know I got to talk to their parents. You know, you know just a great setup, uh, and a lot of things that I can bring back for my players here. You know, a lot of things that I got to try out with them, got to experiment with some things in practice session, got to experiment with some things on the floor. You know, I got reps uh, in drawing. You know, we had media timeouts because they're running it and we got to play in Grand Canyon's fantastic arena. I get reps in drawing, sideline OBs, ATOs, defensive coverage adjustments. And for those kids to, you know, allow me to do that and do some stupid ones, right? Um then that also you know speaks to them as people so i was i was happy to tell any of them you know in their recruiting process if coaches need character references on them i you know i spent a week with all of them so i'm able to know you know i'm totally happy being able to do that and, and i'm super excited to watch them all as they go on you know it's going to be fun to see march madness and say hey man there goes x and x that i coached i'm so happy to see him balling and, and doing a lot of good things um Overall, one of the major, major fun parts of this was the humans that were the, not celebrities, but the major players in the coaching world and or the NBA that were part of this that I had access to. So the commissioner I mentioned, Steve Lavin. You know, everybody knows Steve Lavin on ESPN, commentator, longtime D1 coach, UCLA and St. John's. Got to meet him. You know, got to be, you know, sort of like his employee as he was the commissioner of the whole event. Earl Watson, you know, 13, 14 years in the NBA, played for, told us all these stories of playing for Hubie Brown, Larry Brown, Greg Popovich, Jerry Sloan, Terry Stotts, and, and was at the camp every day running a session. You know, for a guy that was a head NBA coach to now be at an NCAA basketball academy, but be on the floor sweating with kids. That's amazing to me. You know, that it'd be very easy to say, no, I'm above that. Uh, but Earl was there every day um, giving us stuff offensively that, you know, he had learned, giving us stuff defensively, giving the kids a lot of nuggets of information about, you know, what it takes, giving Kobe stories that were unbelievable. Um, so that was fun. Um, one of the major things I was super impressed with, Keon Dooling. If you haven't seen his book or remember Keon played 13 years in the league from the University of Missouri, he works for the NBA PA now and is also on the mental health side of things. He's got a phenomenal book you should check out. Um, but one of the best storytellers, you know, somebody is just naturally good at telling stories. Keon's that guy. So his segments with the players 
I mean, you would have seen all, not that everybody that presented wasn't given their best effort, but Keon just automatically oozes authenticity and credibility. So the guys listening to him talk, and one of the things I won't forget is he told the guys, the biggest room in your life is the room for improvement. And guys just dialing in on that. And then him telling story after story, especially being a guy that was a role player in the NBA, playing for eight different teams. He has so many stories um, from Eddie Jones through Shaq, through Dwayne Wade, through Kobe, Michael Jordan. I mean, he has KG. And then at lunch, just what I was really impressed with, you know, for, you know, if you're an NBA guy, why would you sit down at the table with a bunch of sweaty coaches that you've never been around? Keon sat with us. Coach Murray from PLU got the conversation going with a question, and he went on some of the funniest, best, insightful stories about life in the league for an hour with us. He didn't have to do that. He could have come back to his hotel, been at the pool, done a lot of different things, sat with us, and gave us you know, insight into the league, which was amazing. You know, We're sitting there eating too much junk food, drinking waters and Pepsis, and Keon's just on a roll with things that are, were hilarious, but also, you know, you could take back like, man, if that happens in the league, we're teaching the right things that are important, not only on the court, but off the floor. So those things are things that I couldn't, you know, couldn't consider more valuable that we got out of the experience. You know, I hope to be invited back. I'm going to apply again. And anytime you do something for the first time, if you're a coach out there, think about the first camp you put on. Think about the first practice you put on. It was probably trash compared to what you do now. I know mine was, you know, the first year of running Bearcat Hoop overnight camps or the first practice when I was 29 as a head coach, garbage. But now it's obviously a lot better. So I can only imagine where the academies will be next year after one year of data and input. Um, Like I said, I hope to be back. If coaches are listening, absolutely you should apply. and it's such a unique experience that I'm, I'm still energized. I think in this business, you need those moments where you get energized to go do your job. Uh, and this was one of those moments. Super energized, got all these things, and I want to see how do they apply to us. Should I save it for next year, use it now? And connections, guys I want to stay connected with, talk with, put, pull, uh, you know, pick their brains about stuff. So NCAA College Basketball Academy, Phoenix, West Region, survived 113 degree heat, but would do it all over again. Edition on the drive, cross the streams. Content reminder, the opinions expressed on the Cross the Streams podcast are those of the host and the guests alone and do not reflect the opinions of the institutions, universities, or businesses that employ the hosts or the guests. Shine. I'm just keeping my shine. 